Hey guys, welcome back. Um, if you listened to the first podcast episode, uh, my name is Danielle. This is the second episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to try to do this one while my little one is napping for I don't know how long. Um, so, first night home from the hospital was a nightmare. We got home around four or five. Um, got settled in. My mom left and had dinner. And then I don't remember. Everything kind of ends up being a blur from like that point on. Um, So went to bed and I had a bassinet next to my bed in our bedroom and put him down in it. And he slept for 15 minutes and then woke up. So I nursed him And this went on until about 12 o'clock. He woke up every 15 minutes. And I was just, I was getting so frustrated and so angry. And I just wanted to sleep. And I was just bawling my eyes out and crying. And it wasn't like my husband could really help because I was breastfeeding. And literally every time he woke up, he wanted to be breastfed. I changed his diaper, I'd feed him, I'd put him down 15 minutes later, just same thing, like repeat, I'd check his diaper, I'd feed him, he'd fall asleep feeding, and then I'd put him down and he'd wake up. And finally at, I think, 12 o'clock in the morning or 1 o'clock, I called my mom, bawling my eyes out, and I said, I can't do this, he's waking up every 15 minutes, he won't sleep, and I need you to come here and help me. So she came over and she did everything she could do and he still wouldn't sleep. We brought him into the nursery. We had a sound machine. We rocked him. We swaddled him. We did everything in the book and this kid just did not want to sleep. So this went on all night. My mom finally came downstairs. Um, My husband was down here on the couch. My mom stayed up in bed with me. My mom came downstairs on the couch and she held him and he fell asleep. And she just laid there with him, reclined in the seat and slept maybe an hour total. And at 7.30 in the morning, she had to go back to her house. She was exhausted. And as soon as she left and I realized that this was just going to happen again tonight, I started having a panic attack. I had racing thoughts. I was... It's hard to explain. It wasn't like... I never wanted to hurt my baby, so let me just put that out there first and foremost. Excuse me, I'm taking a sip of my coffee. Um, So I never thought about hurting him. I never had any plans to hurt him, but I was getting very frustrated and very angry that he wouldn't sleep. And because of the sleep deprivation, I hadn't slept pretty much since I went into the hospital. My mind was starting to go insane. If anybody's watched like a really, I know there's a movie out there that has it, but like all I could, 
all I can think to relate it to is like a scary movie when they have like a scene where the person is hearing like voices, but they're not like they're not saying anything. It's just like somebody talking really fast and you can't really make out what they're saying. It's like a bunch of mumble jumbo just talking really fast. Like that was what was in my brain. It was like my brain was just like like going super fast and it was like I was hearing not hearing voices, but like in my head, it was just insane. I, it's so hard to explain the way that it was, but it scared me. And I went upstairs and I laid down and my husband had my son downstairs. And I remember just trying to sleep because he was like, why don't you go up and try to sleep? And I had pumped some, um, I had pumped and then we obviously had the donor milk so he was able to feed him and I went upstairs and I tried to just lay down and rest and just my mind and my thoughts were racing I had a warm sensation come over my body my heart was racing and I just felt like I wanted to die I was I wasn't thinking of ways to kill myself but I thought of all the ways that I could do it I was like I could shoot myself in the head, I could down a bottle of pills, but then if I downed a bottle of pills, I know I, would, I wouldn't kill myself, I would just end up getting my stomach pumped, I'm like, I just need to get in my car and leave, I just need to leave, that's the only option I have, I can just leave, I'll just get in my car and I'll leave, and then I won't have to deal with this anymore, and so I called the doctor, and they said, why don't you come into the hospital, into the maternity um, place where you had your baby, Um, and they have a triage area there. So my son had an appointment that day for a weight check. So we brought him to that appointment for his weight check. And then my, my husband took him back home and my friend met me at the doctor's appointment. And then she took me into the hospital and I was there from 1130 in the morning until five o'clock at night. And they had me meet with the psychiatrist and, they pretty much were like, you need to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. I need to sleep. And I'm like, but I can't sleep. I'm like, well, why don't you sleep when the baby sleeps? I'm like, cause my baby doesn't sleep. Well, do you have somebody that can help you? Like, do you have somebody that can stay there and so that you can take a nap? And I'm like, I tried to nap and I can't nap. Like my husband watched him this morning and I said, you know, I tried to nap and I couldn't nap. Like I keep waking up to every little sound and And my mind's just racing, and I was like, and I can't rest. So she suggested lorazepam. And being in the medical field, I know lorazepam and the side effects and um, the risk of addiction, and I didn't want to take that. But she said, you know, you really need to get sleep because sleep deprivation is a form of torture in some countries. And you not sleeping is bad for your mental health. And if you aren't mentally, like, stable and you're not good, then how are you going to care for your baby? So I agreed to try taking it. I said I would take a half. It was only, like, a 0.5 milligram. And I went home. My husband's mom stayed the night with him downstairs and I took a lorazepam. I actually ended up taking a full one and I didn't sleep. Maybe two hours. I just kept hearing fan like 
I would hear phantom cries and think that I was hearing him cry, and then I would get up and check and he wasn't crying. And then there was times that I would hear him just screaming, and I would go down, and his mom was trying everything, and he just, he he didn't sleep. He didn't want to sleep in anything that was flat, and he only wanted to sleep in this little boppy thing that we had. So, next day, I honestly don't even remember what happened. Everything kind of became into a blur, but at one point... At one point, I went back into the hospital because I was having severe migraines. And my friend came one day and she did... Actually, my friend came twice and did an overnight with him. And my mom was here every day. And I'm thankful to have my mom that came here every day so that I could try to rest. But I was... I could literally never sleep more than an hour or two hours and they had me meet with a psychiatrist. They had had me hook up with a psychiatrist through my primary care physician's office. And when I saw her, she said, you know, you're not going... The rest that you need is that you need at least a solid four hours of sleep. Like one or two hours is not going to do you any good. You need a full four hours of solid sleep. You need to take the lorazepam. And I just, I had taken it maybe two or three times, but I just didn't, I didn't like the thought of taking that and relying on that. And I was always afraid I was going to get addicted to it. So I really didn't want to take it. Um, so she ended up giving me trazodone to take. And when I went back to the hospital for my headaches a few days later and told them, you know, they saw how sleep-deprived I was and and just my, the way that I was just crying, I was crying in there and a nurse had suggested to get a night nanny and gave me some resources to call around to look for one, which I never even knew that that existed. And um, so we looked into that and I ended up getting one on a sliding scale fee, I was fortunate enough that they, I think they felt bad for me. So they, they cut me some slack because the price would have been $40 per hour, but I couldn't afford that. So they did a sliding scale fee for us. I met with this night nanny and had her come here. And the first couple of nights, I still just, I couldn't sleep because obviously I was worried about somebody else taking care of my baby tried taking the trazodone. Trazodone helped a little bit, and then I was finally slowly starting to get a little bit of sleep and feel comfortable with her being with my baby. And even when I was starting to get just a little bit of sleep, my mom was here every day with me in the, from morning until around 3 or 4 o'clock when my husband got home so that I could try to nap. And I just couldn't. I was constantly hearing phantom cries. I just tossed and turned. The headaches weren't doing anything. Like, they weren't helping me. They gave me butabitol, and that wasn't working very well. And it was just the worst experience ever. I was to the point where I was begging my husband and my mom to let me 
give my son up for adoption. I was begging them just to let me drop him off at a police station or a fire the fire station. I was begging them to just let me leave. They could have the baby and they could take care of him, but I didn't want to have him anymore. I didn't want to take care of him. And so this went on for months. I had the night nanny for two months. I would start to feel a little bit better when I was... Um, sleeping and getting a full night's rest, but even during the day, he was just screaming all the time and nursing every 30 minutes, and I just was drained. He wasn't napping. He wasn't sleeping at night, and every weekend, so Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, I didn't have the night nanny for the first couple of weeks and then she started doing Friday nights so Saturday and Sunday nights I was doing pretty much by myself and every single week it was like Wednesday I would start having panic attacks I'm like oh my god this weekend I have to do it by myself he's not gonna sleep if he doesn't sleep then I don't sleep and if I don't sleep then it's gonna get me I'm gonna like go back to like feeling crazy and then I'm not and and just oh my god oh my god and I would just like freak out and think that I was gonna set myself back because I knew that when I didn't sleep it was really bad and I just was having horrible I'd have horrible thoughts and and just want to die or give him away and that process repeated every single weekend and then we finally took him to the doctors um for his one month checkup, they had thought that he might have acid reflux because he wasn't sleeping. He'd only sleep, like I said, in the boppy. He would sleep in that for like an hour or two at the most. And he wouldn't sleep laying flat. So they said, let's, let's try giving him acid reflux medication and let's put him on a probiotic because his tummy is underdeveloped. So put him on a probiotic, put him on the acid reflux medication. And that seemed to help a little bit, but he was still just, you could tell that he was very, he was uncomfortable. He would push and grunt and groan like he was constipated but he wasn't constipated like he was having regular bowel movements he had no blood in his stools but he was so gassy and at night he was just making so much noises like grunting and groaning and they finally said maybe he has a dairy intolerance so they said you can either cut out dairy from your diet and to do that, you need to look at every single ingredient that you are consuming. Or you can put them on formula that's dairy-free formula. And I always told myself and prided myself in saying that I was going to breastfeed my baby. That was the best and the only way to do it. There was no if, ands, or buts about it. So... I said, there's no way. I have to breastfeed. I'm going to keep breastfeeding him. I will cut out dairy. I am not putting him on formula. I don't believe in formula. So 
while I cut out dairy out of my system, I did put him on a hypoallergenic formula for three weeks while I got everything out of my system. Started to see an improvement with him, so I was like, great, this is probably a dairy intolerance. And I watched everything that I ate. And it was extremely hard. So I started breastfeeding him again. And on the second day, I had gone to breakfast with my husband. And I specifically told the waitress that I couldn't have any dairy. I got toast, and I didn't realize until after I had ate two pieces of toast that there was butter on it. And I thought to myself, it's just butter. It's a little bit of butter on toast. He'll be fine. Like, no worries. Breastfed him the rest of the day. That night came around around like five. And he was screaming in pain. Just from the little bit of dairy that I had. And I broke down. I was so heartbroken that I had made him have, that I made my child be in that much pain and be that uncomfortable. I had to go outside because I was bawling my eyes out and I didn't want, I didn't want to bawl my eyes out around my baby. And I just felt awful. I said, there's no way that I can do this. If he is reacting to that little bit of dairy, there is no way that I can possibly breastfeed him, have postpartum depression, worry about what I'm eating and watching every ingredient and pumping. I was oversupplying, so I was constantly pumping. If I wasn't breastfeeding, I was pumping. So it was like I was in this repeat cycle of breastfeed, pump, play with him for a couple minutes, and then by the time I got done pumping, he would need to be fed again. So it was just like breastfed, breastfeed, pump, breastfeed, pump, breastfeed, pump. I was just oversupplying. And it was really stressful. It was so stressful. And I knew I was coming to a point where it was better for my sanity and my postpartum if I wasn't breastfeeding him. And I didn't have to worry about pumping and feeding him every 30 minutes and watching every ingredient that I'd eat. So I agreed to take him off of the breastfeeding and put him on a hypoallergenic um, formula. When we did that, he was a lot better. He was a much happier baby and he was starting to sleep better. And I had, and I still feel horrible for not being able to breastfeed him he actually has such a severe dairy intolerance that the formula that he has to be on is not sold in stores and is like a prescription formula that costs like $47 per can and it only comes in a 14 ounce can and it lasts me like three days. But my baby is so much happier and comfortable now that he doesn't have dairy and that's just what I have to keep reminding myself is that it was better for my sanity to not have to pump and not worry about what I was eating and every ingredient. And it was better, too, because every time I would, you know, want to get out of the house to try to, like, 
you know, get out and get some fresh air or go to the store and walk around, I was constantly having to bring my pump with me because I'd have to pump. After I'd breastfeed him, I'd still have to pump or I'd have to pump in the car if he was sleeping because I was just oversupplying and if I didn't, my breasts were like engorged and in severe pain. So all in all, it definitely helped my sanity and helped my baby and that's what I just have to keep reminding myself is what matters and there are so many moms out there who might be in the same boat as me where you don't want to feed your baby formula and you want to keep breastfeeding but if you have postpartum depression postpartum anxiety and you're breastfeeding and it's causing you more stress and anxiety to breastfeed, the one thing I can say is stop breastfeeding. You have to to think about yourself and your sanity and what's best for you and what's best for your baby. If you aren't okay, then you can't be okay to take care of your baby. And somebody had said to me, you know, a fed baby is a happy baby. And that's all that matters is that he's fed. And I get that now at that point when somebody was saying it to me, I was just like, no, what? Like it just went in one ear and out the other. I'm like, no, I have to breastfeed. It's the only way to do it. He has to get my antibodies. He has to, that's the best thing for him. He needs to breastfeed. There's no other option. And I just ignored what people were saying. And it was almost kind of selfish of me to do that because really my baby needed that. My baby needed the formula to feel better and I needed it for myself to feel better so that I wasn't so anxious and stressed out and pumping all of the time and worrying about what I was eating. Even if your baby doesn't have a dairy intolerance, just if you're breastfeeding and it's causing anxiety or stress, just stop doing it. It literally... It took a whole lot of weight off my shoulders. And for moms out there who mom shame other women for not breastfeeding, I will admit that I was, before I was a mom, I did that. There was a girl at my work who had a baby and I was pregnant at the time. She had her baby, and when she came back, she had come up to me and asked me if I was taking these prenatal vitamins or whatever, and she was like, I'm not taking them anymore, so I wanted to see if you wanted them, and I was like, oh, well, I'm like, don't you need to be taking them because you're breastfeeding? And she said, no, I'm not breastfeeding, and my instant reaction, and I realized it after I did it, and now I realize it even more being a mom, I said, why aren't you breastfeeding? And she said, yeah, good luck with that if you plan on breastfeeding. And I was like, yeah, good luck with it. I'm going to do it. My kid is going to eat from my breast and that is it. And I felt like shit and I feel like shit for saying that now because I always looked at moms and their kids with formula and thought, why aren't they breastfeeding them? Don't they know that that's the best thing for them? Why are they feeding them formula? And now I get it. And I was so worried about people mom shaming me that I, that that was also another reason why I didn't want a formula feed. And just recently on Facebook, 
I am part of a pay it forward group and I had asked if anybody had any cans of the Elecare formula because I'm waiting for WIC um, to approve me so that I can get assistance with the formula. And I asked if anybody had any that they weren't using that they would be willing to give me until my appointment, which is in a week. And one mom had the nerve to say, breast is best and it's free. And that, like, made me feel like shit. This just literally happened, like, two days ago. And there were so many comments, like, the admin ended up having to take the post down because moms were going back and forth with her. And, like, one mom was like, I couldn't breastfeed because my my son or daughter had, you know, lip tie or tongue tie or whatever and... Or I couldn't do this for, you know, medical reasons. There's people that have medical reasons that they can't breastfeed. And that mom was like, medical reasons? Oh, she's like, I had twins and I breastfed. And this, it is so hurtful to a mom who tried her best to breastfeed and it just wasn't working for them. Whether it was a medical reason or due to postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, or if it was just too stressful and you didn't want to do it or you weren't producing, to shame another mother for not breastfeeding their baby is just plain up fucking rude. Like, don't do it. You don't know the circumstances behind why that person can't breastfeed. I couldn't breastfeed. I felt like shit about it. I cried about it. And I even said to the lady, like, you don't know my circumstances. Like, that really hurt my feelings that you're telling me breast is best and it's free. Yes, I know that, but it didn't work for me and it wasn't what was best for me or my baby. So who are you to judge me for that? We as moms need to try to put ourselves in that person's shoes and think, why they can't do it and not shame them and help them and encourage them instead because it honestly feels like shit when somebody mom shames you especially for something that you tried so hard to do but it just didn't work and that mom I won't blast her out on here and say her name but I wish her the best of luck breastfeeding, and I'm happy that you are able to breastfeed your baby. But it's just not that way for everybody. So just please keep in mind that other people are very sensitive to that. And even right now, as I, as I feed my baby formula, if I'm ever out in public and I'm feeding my baby and I have to use formula... I always feel like people are giving me dirty looks and judging me for feeding my baby formula. They may not be, they may be, that's just how I feel. So I just want to say, if you're breastfeeding, kudos to you. If you're not, please don't mom shame somebody else. Don't look at them and give them dirty looks when they're feeding their baby formula because you just, you don't know the circumstance. That's all I have to say about that. So me dealing with the postpartum depression and anxiety, I'm still dealing with it. Um, I have my days that are good and I have days that are bad. And it's, 
it's honestly, I would never wish postpartum depression or anxiety on my worst enemy because I hate the feeling of feeling like I can't do it and I need and that I want to give my baby up for adoption. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in my next episode. Um, more, I guess, just about the depression and the anxiety and the feelings. Um, so hopefully you will stay tuned for the next episode. Have a great day.